0: Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder and I'm joined as always by Chad Jarvis. And how you doing there,
1: Chad? I'm not doing too bad. You know, all things considered, we're still in a decent spot. Uh, The result on Friday was probably deserved, but uh, yeah, for End of the weekend. I'm doing okay. Not wanting to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. How are you,
0: Noah? <laughs> uh also not wanting to go back to work tomorrow. Uh I've had kind of a nice weekend. I went to the beach yesterday, caught some rays, played in the surf a little bit. Yeah, good fun. But yeah, I thought it was a well-deserved result on Friday. One of those tough, tough, tough games that, you know, I mean, the it here's the thing. Promotion teams find a way to take points. And Mm -hmm. they tried, they find a way to take points in, in difficult away games like we had on Friday against Luton. It was scrappy as all hell. We weren't getting calls going our way. I I mean, it it was just kind of a sort of a nightmare kind of game, but we still managed to get a point. And, you know, the ref definitely wasn't on our side. Four yellow cards to their zero yellow cards. And yeah, a lot of little fouls. I, I just felt like they were Absolutely draped over McBurney like the whole game, and nothing was called. It was so frustrating, and Heckingbottom said as much in in his post game presser. You know,
1: yeah, it was like a a giant wrestling grappling match on the on the pitch. Me and Robert said the same thing during the watch along. It was like McBurney was the one that was singled out, and then R and D was singled out too. It was like. Kenneworth Road is such a hostile environment to go into. It's like the crowd was behind them, The atmosphere was going, and then the ref didn't, like you said, do us any good. He kind of just – he kind of like everything we did was, was bad and cynical, and what they did was like, no, nah, it's good. We'll turn a blind eye to that one and just continue on with the match. So I really yeah. didn't understand that. And I made mention of this on the watch long. I said watch – you know – Every time we're involved in a game that's on Sky, you know, the referee wants to, you know, have, hey, I'm out here and make his self known to the entire world. So it didn't surprise me that it, it went the wrong way or went against us because the ref wanted to have like a, hey, this is my party. I'm going to have fun, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say is uh, WWE comes to Kenilworth Road. You know, really, with how much, as you mentioned, both McBurney and Norrington Davies were just wrestled to the ground time and time again, so much to the point that Norrington Davies picked up an injury in this game and had to be subbed off late, like very late on. Um, I hope he's okay. I, I have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything about Norrington Davies.
1: No, I haven't heard anything. Um, we are basically Sheffield United, the walking wounded, and um, West might have shat himself. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever, whatever. I mean, we seemingly can never catch a break when it comes to injuries, and everybody's like, "Oh, Sherry Cliff, Sherry Cliff, Sherry Cliff." No, it's on the pitch, mate. Yeah, it's on it's, the pitch. Yeah, it's like it's not even. You can't even blame. I mean, obviously the you know we both we've all probably heard the injury news with John Flick. How do you br- fractures his leg out five to six to you know ten years? I've I've heard that. <laughs> I mean that time frame of in- injury window, but I'm just like, surely it's not down to bad luck, and it's not down to like fitness or whatnot. I don't get it. I do not understand why we're the only team in the league that has what? What are we up to? Like 11? 11. 11, yeah, 11 we could
0: feel the side with our injuries.
1: It's unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I, somebody posted it on Twitter, uh, you know, basically the lineup, uh, and which would be a pretty strong lineup of our injured, basically.
1: Was Wesson goal- even though he just shat himself?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was.
1: Oh, okay. I don't think he was injured. I think he was just no. out the night before. He got hammered drunk, and he's like, he's got the day after drinking shats himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they, they didn't say as much, but apparently it was stomach flu and diarrhea, basically. and. Yeah you know as as somebody who has played not professional sports but who has played you know intramural sports with the stomach flu uh that's not fun not not a good look not a good w- look at all
1: i wonder if he like he took a goal kick and it just ran out and he's like yeah i'm done i'm done i'm done because i i wonder if like the first time we sent the 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 medical staff out there i wonder if he yacked in the floor right there cuz they were like awfully like close huddled up and he was just kind of like hunched over. So I don't know if it's one thing where where the the you know the the camera came in late and missed him yakking and then the training staff's like, you know what? Just just chill out, see how it goes for the next 10 minutes. And then he's like, he's waving him over because he shat himself. He's like, I got an issue. I gotta come off. And he's like soil drawers. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know,
0: yak is an American term for throwing up.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: But yeah, I think he, I think he starts again on Tuesday. I, I think it was just you know, maybe a twenty-four hour stomach flu. Probably ate something that doesn't agree with him, and you know that was the result. So,
1: or drink he, two cases of beer. You know, I, I, don't, I
0: don't think, know. I, I don't think, I don't think that that was the case. I, if I was a player, I don't think I'd go out and have a bender the night before a match, but. You never know. Know. you never
1: he's know. He's like, he's like, I haven't had much to do recently, you know, and I might as could... well go out and get hammered with the boys.
0: Yeah, yeah, pull up a, a, a beach chair, you know, as we said <laughs> in the last game. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I think it's a good taken point, and, you know, I'm I'm not overwhelmed with the result. You know, I'm not overwhelmingly happy, but you take the point. It's a hard-fought point, and, and, you, and you go on. You go on to the next game against Reading, and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast but what do you say we just kind of jump into our review here and the first real chance of this one came in the third minute as alan campbell went driving down the right hand side before putting in a low cross that fell to calton morris who turns spins shoots and is way way wide to the left yeah didn't really have a prayer of testing west there
1: it was kind of a, a, a little bit of things to come.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Precursor, precursor.
0: Yeah, maybe a little foreshadowing there. I th- I did think Carlton Morris had a pretty good game. It was bio, who, God, I mean, how many chances that guy have in this game?
1: Yeah, especially at the end. Oh, man, there was like he had like five or six chances I could remember off the top of my head. Yeah, he, we talk about Johnny having a square head. I mean, he's got a square head and he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Yep. Yep. Tenth minute, a really
0: poor defensive breakdown here. This is their goal as the blades off of a throw in Norwood headed it back to Amari Bell who had taken the throw and nobody covers him and he's able to put in a really good cross and it's a free header for Carlton Morris who heads it into the back of the net back right hand corner for a Luton goal and yeah, poor, poor defensive breakdown. As I mentioned for United, somebody really should have. I mean, Norwood should have come out and and ca- kind of tried to defend there because that was it was a free cross and a free header, and yeah. ba- Bash has to get up higher to head that out as well. Yeah,
1: uh, Bash looked like he had concrete legs. It like his his legs weighed like five thousand pounds each, and he couldn't jump, but. He couldn't jump, and, like, I noticed that throughout the game. When the balls came into the into the box, out of everybody that jumped, he was one of the, like, last ones to go up and try and get it, and it was kind of disappointing. And you're like, yeah. you know, Bash is normally known for just, you know, clearing it out, and that was, like, a perfect cross into, and it was right in between the two men, and... I mean, you got to give it to them. They they slotted it home, and then we were in trouble. And I was like, "Uh oh."
0: Yeah, yeah, we were a, a little bit behind the eight ball at that point, um, as we didn't really have a, any, you know, fantastic chances in that first half. Fourteenth minute, Baldock put in a great ball uh, halfway down the field that finds McBurney, who heads it to Injai. He spins and shoots, but it is blocked out. 18th minute playing it out from the back is Balduck who gets it to Njaye in the attacking third he passes it to the right back for Balduck who tries to get it back to Njaye it kind of deflects to Berge who gets it to McAtee at the D and he tries a shot that would have found its target if it wasn't deflected out for a corner kick. And then off that corner kick, uh, probably our best chance of that first half as McAtee put in a good cross for Norwood, who on the volley strikes it with Venom, and that looked like it was going in. It strikes Bedgate on the way and deflects to McAtee, who isn't able to hit it right and basically floats it where it can be cleared by Luton. But, yeah, if that doesn't strike Bedgate in the back of the head, I think that's probably going in, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it's 100%. That was a piss missile of a goal. If it goes in, but I mean, you got to give it to, to Norwood. He is in some type of form. I mean, he is absolutely bossing it right now. I mean, safe to say, I don't see his name and unless, you know, all of our players eventually are going to get hit with the injury bug based on how the season has started. But it's one of those deals where, he doesn't come out of the side because yeah. I bet we are we are like a totally different side if he if he something happens, touch wood that he doesn't get hurt because if he comes out, man, are we screwed in the midfield. Based yeah. based on his midfield partner in this game who couldn't do anything.
0: Yeah, I mean look, the corner was well taken by McAtee, but that was really his only positive contribution. I thought he gave the ball away way too much. And didn't offer a lot defensively. Yeah, wasn't a great half of football from McAtee. And, you know, his eventual kind of, you know, yanking out of the game at halftime was due to that poor performance.
1: Yeah. And he was lucky not to be sent off because he picked up that yellow card and then he had another rash challenge. I was like, I said during the watch along, I said, that could be a red card. That could be a second yellow and he could be gone. But I mean, it was like he was. You could see like the amount of mistakes piling up and he was getting frustrated. You could tell he was like every he would shake his head and he'd throw his arms down. And I said this too I said he's done. I said it it was like the twenty fifth minute. I said the boy has got to come off because he is gonna do something stupid to get himself a second yellow card and get sent out of this game and then be sent. Be suspended for a match. Thank God, heck, he You know he called me up at halftime, and I was like, "Mcatee out." He's like, "Yes, I got you. I'll pull <laughs> him out right now." So after we had that discussion, he came out. We looked much better, but it kind of kind of dawned on me when he didn't make a pass in the midfield. No one else made a pass in the midfield. Did you get that like feeling where we couldn't put for like ten or fifteen minutes after we? conceded that goal i don't think we could pass a ball to save our lives yeah i mean look all
0: of our chances were from passes over the top either by Baldock or or norwood or um yeah i mean we we couldn't slot it on the ground in the midfield and you know that that kind of lends itself to why we couldn't get it to enjoy or mcburney
1: yeah yeah it's, it's fair i mean it almost was reminiscent of last year at the beginning of the season under Slav we, we couldn't we couldn't pass the ball to save our lives and it's like we forgot how to do it and then we kind of got ourselves sorted in the second half it obviously got better but it was, it was just one of those head scratchers where you see such an emphatic game at the weekend against Blackburn and then we go against Luton and we just couldn't pass our way out of a paper bag yeah yeah well I think
0: it also speaks to Luton's quality. I don't think their position in the table right now is reflective of where they're going to be at the end of the season. I think that Luton is probably going to have another decent season for themselves and maybe be in and around the playoff hunt.
1: Yeah. I based, mean,
0: that's based on what I saw yesterday.
1: Yeah. I mean, in, I think Tufty club, Tufty club UK, not Tufty club USA said that Luton's only lost two, games at home in the calendar year of 2022 which is impressive yeah so they're they're,
0: they're like us at bramble lane you know they've they've
1: gone ahead and and
0: and made you know kenilworth road a fortress basically
1: yeah i mean that's why i think a point away at kenilworth road is almost like getting three points even though it's not you know it didn't show up on the, the table but i mean i'm I'm okay with a point because that almost feels like a win. Yep. Yeah. In some ways, you, I mean, you, you,
0: like I said earlier, you, you're happy to take a point away from from Kenilworth Road. Yep. Twenty second minute, James Bree in with a great cross finds Elijah Adebayo, free header, but he heads it over the bar. And like we said earlier, chance after chance after chance for Adebayo. and I mean, he kind of looked like McBurney did in that last game. You know, against Blackburn Rovers, where he just couldn't find the back of the net. He's properly snake bitten, hasn't scored in this season
1: yet, and he's supposed to be one of their danger men. You know. Yeah, he was last. He was last year for him, and and when we did the preview with the Luton guy, I mean, he was he he at a bio to score for him. So right. I mean, recent form is is kind of not his usual form. If you go based off of last season, he, he scored a lot. But the weird thing I, I noticed when they went ahead, usually when when the opposing team or, or one team goes ahead, the opposing team that conceded the goal usually goes on top. Luton stayed on top. Right. We didn't even have a I don't even think we had a chance for a good while after that goal.
0: Not not we didn't have a good chance. We had you know, yeah. we we didn't have a shot on target in that first half, did we? I don't believe so. No, no. So in that same 22nd minute, McAtee is given a yellow for a shirt pull on Jordan Clark. And like you said, that was a, a rash tackle. He had another one. And yeah, it was good of hecky to pull him off at the half. 28th minute Norwood put in a great ping over the top for ball who drives into the box and I'm not sure if it was a cross or a shot but it goes across the face of goal with no united player in sight there 34th minute ball put in a decent cross that McBurney is able to get on first time but doesn't get a clean strike on it and it deflects to the left and out of play for a goal kick then in the 36th minute max low off of a cross from Norwood has a absolutely wild shot that goes like 30 yards over the net, probably went out of their small-ass stadium, you know.
1: <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> shots at them now.
0: I mean, look, you know, the My Garden Shed song definitely applies to Kenilworth Road. That is a small-ass
1: stadium. I mean, I, th- I think it rivals Born this stadium. I think it only holds 11,000 at Kenilworth Road. And, I mean, granted, it was packed to the rafters. But, I mean, yeah, that is, I think, they have the smallest ground in the championship. They do. At 11,000.
0: Me- it was mentioned on on the broadcast that I was watching. Yeah. Yeah. 38th minute, Luke Freeman plays a little one-two with Adebayo, has a shot that doesn't really test Wes, who easily makes the save there. And last chance of the half, 43rd minute, James Bree put in another really, really good cross for Adebayo, who strikes it first time with his right foot, and it's over the bar. He has to test West there. I mean, you know, you think that that's a good, good chance because there wasn't anybody in front of him, nobody to block the shot there, and he just puts it right over.
1: Yeah, I mean, like like I said earlier, he had a bundle of chances and just didn't score any of them. And honestly, coming to half, because that is basically the last anything that happened in the in the first half, we possibly could have been down 3-0 at halftime. Yeah. So going in at half, being down 1-0, I mean, I, I'm i enjoying it. I'm loving it. I'm like, man, we could have been battered at halftime and been completely out of this game. To only be down one goal, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. At the half, as we mentioned
0: previously, James McAtee comes off, and Tommy Doyle comes in. Good half from Tommy Doyle, I have to say. Um, it, for my money, with the Fleck injury, he starts in this next game.
1: Yep, 100%. I, I mean... Obviously, you're not going to start McAtee unless that's what I'm like wrestling with myself, too. Does McAtee perform better in front of a home crowd than a hostile environment at Kenworth Road? Do you give him another shot in our next road game? The next the next away fixture, do you give him do you put him in like don't start and put him in in like the second half? And see if he can like hold the atmosphere or like contain the atmosphere and like keep his calm, or does he still just pass the ball all over the pitch and be like, "I can't do this." The other question
0: I have for you, Chad, was Mcatee playing out of position? do you think do you think he likes to typically get a little bit more forward i mean he I'd say he's more of a classic 10. Than you know, playing where Fleck plays, which is more of a holding midfield role. Do you think that he was out of position there?
1: Yeah, I, I think that as well because the Norwegian horse didn't get as far forward in the first half either. And we saw him make more marauding runs, horse like runs in the second half where he got more more forward. Obviously, we were a goal down, so heck, he probably told them, Hey, guys, when we have possession get forward get into the box and let's create some chances and try to get a goal back but you might be right with that he might have been playing out of position yeah and i think for tommy
0: doyle he's more used to playing that holding midfield role and he looked to be a lot more comfortable in it you know
1: yeah you know this begs the question with the false nine with all the attacking prowess we have in the midfield you know obviously mcburney scores scores an equalizer in this game, so it's going to be hard to take him out of the side against Reading. But, you know, if we can put that false nine in there, does that, you know, open it up for McAtee, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I don't see it. Again, you said it. McBurney scores the goal, and he's kind of brimming with confidence probably at this point, and mm-hmm. he's going to be itching to get back in the side and get more. Yeah, oh, yeah and And look, Tuesday is going to be a real test reading definitely on form right now. I mean they're you know
1: they're who would up there have said that <laughs> who would have
0: thought we we both you and I had them to be relegated, and here yeah. they are proving everybody wrong you know i I think that maybe they come off the boil at some point we'll we'll talk a yeah. little bit more about reading later in the podcast, but yeah i i, I do think mcBurney starts against them mm hmm Anyway, back to this one. Second half starts, and the first real chance came to United as Norwood put in a good cross that found Egan's head, but it was blocked out by a Luton defender. And another blocked shot by Luton. As after a scramble in the box, McBurney drove to the byline on the right-hand side. He cut a pass back for Njaye, who took a shot that was deflected um, just to the right. And that was in the 52nd minute. It goes out for a corner off the corner. Taken by Norwood, Luton headed out, but only as far as Doyle, who heads it back into the mix, into the box. He finds Egan's head. Egan heads it backward for McBurney, who off the volley beautifully takes it and brilliantly scores, throw takes that monkey off of his back, throws it into the crowd. You know, I I I don't know if you saw he like punched it looked like on on the cam on like on camera that he punched some dude in the dick. But I, I don't think he did, but like, I think he just like punched the air, basically. But the way yeah. the camera was like focused on him, it looked like he punched somebody in the dick. Um, and McBurney opens up his, not just this campaign, but it's his first goal since December 2020. Can you believe that?
1: I mean, I can believe it, considering what we've gone through in last year's campaign. He started, like, remember when we... He was out for a majority of the season. Then we were down to, like, him as the only fit striker. And, heck, he was like, well, let's throw him out there. And he was, like, useless. But I'm glad to see him get his goal. It's well-deserved. He might not score a goal ever again in his career. But it it is good. And the guys on Blade's Pod alluded to it. He looks in shape. He looks like he's ready to go. He's more fit than, you know, the kind of guy that looked like he would show up, you know, a 12-pack into training and then be like, "Uh, you know, this is too good for me or I'm too good for this. I don't want to play, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like he got his mind right and he focused on his game and now it's kind of he's starting to reap the benefits. and. You know, we've talked about if we can get a goal scorer from the striking position, dude, we are going to be next to unbeatable in some of these games. So the fact if we can get him firing, oh, boy, watch out, rest of the league. I am forewarning you if McDonkey can get on the end of, you know, 10, 15 goals, sign me up. I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'd absolutely love to see it. And Chad, you have to make good on that bet because you said if McBurney scores, he's on the back of your away kit. So once, once those orders come up for the away kit, you've got to get McBurney on the back of that kit. So
1: I will, when they, when they come available next August for the away kit, I will, um, I will get them because it seems like. You pre-order them now, I don't think they're going to be available till September, which I will, uh, when they do come available, I will, that's 100%. I've already I've already got it priced out. So, yeah, once they say available in, or, like, available in the club shop, now it's coming that way, and I'll post it online when I get it, and everybody can be like, yeah, because he'll have 30 goals by then, and I'll be like, I'm on the Ollie McBurney train. What's up?
0: So you kind of already alluded to your answer to this question, but I want to ask you outright, does that open up the floodgates
1: for McBurney, Chad? Hopefully, because we've, I mean, we've talked about this with Brewster as well, and it kind of, you know, the dam kind of halfway burst with Brewster last year before he got injured. I mean, so I, I'm hoping that now McBurney's seen the ball go in the back of the net. He, he's like, Brimming with confidence, and he goes and bags another goal against Reading. And you know, lesser opponents coming up, maybe he's able to get two or th- maybe he's able to get a hat trick against one of them. You never know. I hope so because this is the striker that we paid what 20 odd million quid for, what four, y- three, four years ago. I don't even know how long it's 2019. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been so long since we paid this. Hopefully time that he comes good. Yep, definitely. And then McBurney was given a
0: yellow card for excessive celebration. Is is that a reputation yellow? I I've not seen that unless a player like takes his shirt off. You no. think that was deserved?
1: It was um it's a new rule because Harry Kane, when he scored his goal against Forrest this afternoon, went into the if you hug any supporters, it's almost like you're inciting the supporters to come down and celebrate with the team, you get a yellow card for that. So the fact that he went to, ran to the Blade supporters when he scored the goal and they all started hugging him, that's what the excessive celebration is. Because they don't want their half-assed security, doesn't want to have to do anything. So they're trying to alleviate that from when the goal scored, just stay kind of stay in your seats and not have 10, 15 rows of people all come storming out on the pitch even though that's a huge goal for us. So that's what that that's what that stems from.
0: Don't agree with that. Don't no. agree with that at all. I ugh, that you're trying to over legislate the game at that point and I don't like that one bit.
1: Yeah. That, to me I think it's just a BS, you know, call. And it's like, okay, so the dude hasn't scored since 2020. You're going to reward him by saying, "Hey, you celebrated with the fans that have you know, haven't been the, the best to you over the past couple of seasons by giving them a, giving the player a yellow card. In my book, it doesn't make any sense. If he, if he took his shirt off. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, all he did was hug a couple of fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ticky tacky as we like mm-hmm. to say. So after the goal, we kind of sat back and let them come at us and in the 60th minute, James Bree put in a cross that found Bell at the back post. This was, like, one of their best chances. And it is just down to pure luck that he didn't put Luton in front again there. Really, really nervy defending. And I think that was Bash's mistake again. He went off of his shoulder and, um, you know, Bell was just able to escape there.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said... After we got the goal, Luton was at the better side and it's kind it was kind of weird to me because I was like, okay, we've got a goal. Now let's go and get the winner and we get out of here and snatch the three points. And then they had this opportunity that they should have went in front and it should have been two to one, but thank God it didn't go in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think after the goal, it was really nervy for us from for the rest of the game. I mean, we didn't really have much of a sniff.
1: No. And that's one thing I wondered too. You know, with Ahmed Hodzic, see, I did it, I did it. i with Ahmed Hodzic having that knock required Bash to come into the side. Does Bash kind of just go back to a bench bench roll if if Ahmed a- Hodzic is okay? Because we ha- we saw him in a for a brief, you know, few minutes at the end of this game does that warrant him starting against Reading and Bash being relegated back to the bench?
0: I, I think it's down to whether Norrington Davies is fit for the game against Redding. I mean, that's true. You know, the knock looked bad. I mean, he was limping after he took that knock. And I mean, it was kind of in the middle of that second half that he got the injury. And then it wasn't for what, another 15, 20 minutes until he got taken off. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's down to Norrington Davies. If if he's fit, then yeah, Ahmed Hodzic comes back into the side. Bash is relegated to the bench into more of a, you know, a role play.
1: What, wasn't the R&D challenge, wasn't that friendly fire? Didn't he run into Egan? Who did I think Egan so. run into? Yeah, yeah, they ran into each other, and they both came away limping. I was like, oh, great. You know, two of our players, friendly fire here, run into each other and get hurt.
0: Yep, yep. 70th minute Bree put in a ball for Carlton Morris who got it to Campbell who took a shot that was blocked it fell back to Morris on the left-hand side who took a shot and it is saved by Wes in a diving attempt there and I, I think it was probably going to deflect out off the post off the outside of the post but still safety first there from Wes um, 71st minute one of United's few chances in the second half after the goal Baldock made a good run into the box and Initially had his path blocked, and but he was able to cut the ball back for Norwood, who had a shot that just goes over the bar. And, I mean, you can tell, like, Norwood is feeling it on some of these shots, and I, I think it's not going to be too long before we get another absolute piss missile goal from him.
1: Oh, yeah. And I was about to say, you know who his – these two guys that linked up on this play here have, for me, been – under the radar, our best two players of the season, Baldock and Norwood. You don't hear anybody talking anything about Baldock. And then Norwood scores a goal, feeling it, got a hot foot. He's just ripping it from all over the pitch. You know, good crosses. He's putting good pings in the set piece goal. I mean, everything. I think these are, these are probably our two best players of the season right now. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, when,
0: when Bogle comes back, I mean, it's really Baldock's shirt to lose at that point.
1: Yeah, I I don't take the shirt off Baldock. But you know, like, come January, February time, he's going to run in and pick up a niggling injury, and Bogle's going to come back into the side. But, yeah, I I don't go away from the hot hand with Baldock right now.
0: 74th minute again, Elijah Adebayo misses a clear chance after a cross comes in from James Bree. (laughs) Adebayo. Snake bitten, guy is absolutely snake bitten right now. And I mean, it's to our benefit really.
1: And hopefully, I mean, I mean, you don't want to see a, a player struggle that bad and hopefully he finds his form, but you like to think like, this is obviously McBurney of the last game. Is he going to go and score a goal in their fixture midweek? You know, yeah. <laughs> he had so many opportunities that were missed, you know, maybe he gets dialed in and he gets a goal for them midweek. Yep. Yep. 78th minute. Wes Fodderingham may have shit himself due to sickness, and he comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, the save he made in what minute was it? The 70th minute? That's probably where he pooped himself. Maybe. He, po- he pooed all over himself, and he's like, man, I can't deal with it back here. It's so bad. I got to get out, guys. Hurry up. Get me out.
0: Anyway, Jordan Amissa comes in for his first ever minutes of senior
1: football. Thought he was really solid for the 20 minutes that he got, right? He was. Yeah, he was good. I mean, I knew Luton was going to be like, hey, we're going to cross every ball into the box. We're going to make this keep our work, you know, because we don't have any information on him. Yeah, he's never played any first team for us. So let's challenge him, and he did a fantastic job, in my opinion. Yep, yep. 81st minute down the left-hand side,
0: Max Lowe cuts it back for Doyle, who has a go from about 22 yards out, it's easily saved by Luton keeper Ethan Horvath, and that's like our first time mentioning Horvath's name in this podcast because we really didn't test him that much throughout this game. He didn't have much to do, and, you know, I, I mean – there was nothing he could do about that goal from McBurney.
1: No, no, that I mean, by the time he reacted, that that ball was already by him. But yeah, he—I thought it was a a, a good uh, a good game from him. I mean, he didn't have anything to do, like you said, obviously the one the one goal. But joining the American train and saying how great the team is leading up to the World Cup—if anyone in the states hasn't realized that all it is is about the United States over here. And I would imagine the uh, Brits are getting pretty tired of hearing about leads and all the Americans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm an American and I'm almost getting tired of it. I'm in the same boat. I am getting fed up with it. It's just too much, too much this early. Just May- wait to the World Cup. They can wax poetically about them getting knocked out in the round of 16 or eight, whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: More injury woes for United, as we previously mentioned. Norrington Davies off, Ahmed Hodzic in. And like we said, Norrington Davies appears to have injured his leg. Hopefully it's just a little niggle for him. And, um, you know, we don't have a true left center back to replace Norrington Davies. So, I mean, I thought Ahmed Hodzic was pretty solid. He had like a couple of small, teeny tiny mistakes, but it's nitpicky at this point. Eighty eighth minute Luton on the break. James Bree puts in a cross that finds Amari Bell on the right hand side. He takes a shot that is blocked out. 90th minute down the left hand side. Some really good control from Rian Brewster, who has a go from way far out, and it's easily saved by Horvath. I was a little frustrated with Brewster in that moment because I think he did have um, you know, some of his teammates who were joining in that attack, and he instead tries to go it alone, but I mean, that was one of our last chances of this game and, you know, well into, you know, the ending phase of this one and just kind of frustrating that we didn't hold out for a better chance there.
1: I mean, I'm so frustrated with Brewster. It's like the dude gets an acre of space and he wants to pull the trigger. But if you see, and I said this in the watch along, the camera is behind him and it's showing him make the run and he just kind of just rams right through it. Yeah. You got probably 10, 15 yards to run and get a better effort in on the goalkeeper. Yeah, you're probably going to get closed down, but once once they close you down, just rip the shot, man. Yep. You don't you don't rip the shot, and it's an easy save. The keeper likes when you take the, the, the chances that are 25, 30 yards out. Yeah, sure, we'll have that every day. That's easy as you like. Man, he's just got to work on a shot selection.
0: Yep, yep. And then
1: the final chance of the game came to Luton
0: in the 94th minute on the break. Elijah Adebayo finds Cameron Jerome in acres of space and he takes a shot that is heading for goal and a great save from Jordan to to keep the game level in stoppage time there. And that was it. Whistle yeah. f- full-time whistle goes. Like we said, you take that point away and you run home with it because, um, you know, we, we could have easily lost this game. I thought, and you know, I think the scoreline may have flattered us a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Let's go on to a top-of-the-table clash at midweek, which I think will will probably suit us better. But, yeah, especially with, with now that tough road game out of the way at Canterworth Road, that's in the past. We don't have to worry about it messing up any type of you know, playoff or promotion push we have the rest of the season. You almost check that one off and be like, yes, we'll take a point. They'll come to Bramble Lane and we'll probably beat the brakes off of them because they're not, they're like us. They're not very good away from home. So hopefully we can turn them over. Who is your man of the match in this one, Chad? Um, I'm going to go with McBurney. We have to, I mean, got the goal did everything in the prior game against Blackburn aside from scoring a goal. He's on form. It looks like he got the goal. So it's got to be McBurney for me or low-key Ollie Norwood.
0: Yeah, I thought both of them had great games. I thought Balduck had a great game as well. Solid like 7.5, almost an 8 out of 10 performance from Balduck. Um, But yeah, I mean, you got to give it to McBurney. Finally getting that monkey off of his back, and like we said, hopefully this is a sign of things to come, and hopefully he can do it again this coming Tuesday. It is a what is it a seven forty five PM BST start against Reading at Bramall Lane. And this is a Reading squad that is really, really on form at the weekend, beating Millwall at the Den, which is a tough place to play. And I don't know if that's a sign of things to come for this coming fixture uh at home. But yeah, I mean their away form hasn't been great, but they look, they took all three points at a very, very tough place to play at Millwall. So as far as Reading are concerned, Tyrese Forna. He's got one goal. Tom McIntyre, one goal. Tom Ince, the coach's son, has got a goal. And, you know, I've seen so many memes recently, like, you've just been Paul Ince. And hopefully that is not the case come Tuesday. But how do you see Reading lining up? Do you think they put out the same side that they did against Millwall at this past weekend, Chad?
1: I mean, I would like to think that their striking pair stays the same. Lucas Joao in and uh Ince up front, Tom Ince up front. I mean, hell, if you look at who scored the goal for them, it's Nabi saris He's one of their defenders. So they're pretty solid all the way around. So it's one of those deals like, okay, they haven't conceded a goal in the last three games. But if you look at before that, they got stuffed 4-0 against Brotherham. So is this almost the are we thinking too much into this? And this might be a Blackburn game where we go and just absolutely run them over and run them out the building kind of leaning towards that way.
0: Here's the thing. I mean, they defended for a good portion of that game against Millwall. You know, they mm-hmm. only had five shots, two of which were on target and, Millwall had 13 shots, only one of which was on target, but Millwall had 58% of the possession, so it looks like they're going to try to play on the counter there, and we're going to have to be ready for that, and as we know, we have been very, very poor on the counter attack when uh, the other team is able to spring it, you know?
1: Yeah, but the whole thing is, is it's almost kind of sets up like the Blackburn game, us. Blackburn hemmed in. We kept poking and prodding, poking and prodding. Pet little couple dinks here, bang goal. A little bit they didn't have much doing. Okay, we lost the ball or we 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 lost it off of a corner, bang they hook you on a, a counter attack. But I think our defense is good enough to get back and track back with with Redding to where they're not really gonna wear like worry us. So I think you know I'm leading into what my score prediction is going to be, but. I just think it's one of these deals where Reading finally get exposed, and, and you know, granted, Their their competition hasn't been that good. I mean, okay, they play, They beat Burrow one nil. Millwall, yeah, okay, one nil as well. Reading beat Blackburn three nil. We beat them three nil. Uh, I, I I just I just have a feeling that we're gonna take care of business. This is gonna be drubbed up as a you know, top of the table, one versus two matchup. You got to watch it, but it's not on Sky because we've already pre-announced the games a week out or a month out. But I think it's one of those games where we're going to be comfortable, especially being at home.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a com-
1: comfortable fixture, bro.
0: How do you see United lining up in this game?
1: Well, I think we we'd line up similar to how we lined up against Luton. But, you know, I think Ahmed Hadzic comes back in. Hopefully he, you know, he's over his injury. You know, the question mark is, what's R&D do? Is he out for, for this game? You know, do we have to make a change there? But I'm thinking McAtee comes out as well. Doyle comes in. I think our front two stayed stay the same with with McBurney and Dye. <sighs> Yeah, there's only a couple of places that you can change. I think Wes is going to be back between the pipes. So that should be, that should be good. Um, yeah, there's only two glaring, you know, obvious probably. Well, one glaring change, McAtee for out and Doyle in. And then the other is whether R and D is healthy or not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's my assessment as well. I agree. I think McAtee comes out and Doyle goes in to start this game. I think you don't change that front two and you leave pretty much everyone else the same. I think bash, if Ahmed Hodzic is fit to start, he comes out and if Norrington Davies is fit to start. Yeah. That those are the changes. And I think that's a salt. It's a solid lineup on paper. I think.
1: Yeah. I think at the moment, it's our best 11 yeah it probably is i mean obviously you'd like to have fleck in there because he was you know he, he's been decent but considering the players that we have healthy i think that's our best um best lineup
0: you kind of alluded to it before but how about a score prediction from you
1: i'm I'm wavering between two and three nil i think I, i'll just go and be a not too over the top i think two nil wins is, gets it gets it done um, I think Doyle gets off the score sh- gets off the mark and gets on the score sheet, and we will go with um, Sandy Barge. I think we we get two midfield goals, and hopefully he he stamps his his place as a United player before the transfer window closes and no one comes in and gets him.
0: Agreed, agreed.
1: Um, I'm gonna say two
0: one to United. And goals from McBurney and Njaye.
1: I like it. I like the attacking, the attacking strikers and, and attacking midfielder. And I he showed glimpses of brilliance, but in this Luton game, I think he tried to do too much at times. I That's kind of what I felt.
0: I think they had a marker on him. I think he was really well marked all game.
1: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like he he didn't control the game how he usually does. Right. But right. he had a few moments of brilliance, but that was about it.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, I think that is just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please give us a follow on social media. You can follow us at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And Chad, where can the folks follow you on social media?
1: They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cjarvis underscore 13.
0: And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at sunpuck on Instagram and at nesman930 on Twitter. Until this Tuesday when we play top of the league Reading at home, up the blades, Chad.
1: Up the blades.
0: Come on, you red and white wizards.